Hey, this is Terry Miner Jr. Thank you for tuning in to our messages. It is a blessing to minister the word of God to you. Make sure you subscribe and visit us online at terryminerjr.com. We will not be able to do this without Jesus and people just like you partnering with us. God bless you and thank you for tuning in. Hey, this is Terry. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, I pray right now over each and every single believer, those who will be tuning in, Lord, that they have eyes to see the things of God, ears to hear the things of God, and an open heart to receive the things of God. And I declare right now that at the sound of my voice, that the anointing that destroys every yoke and removes every single burden will be in full manifestation in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The title of this message is, How a Christian Should Respond When a Believer or a Non-Believer Repents. All right, let's get started. So if you have your Bibles or your iPad or your phone, let's go to the Passion Translation, and we're going to go to Luke chapter 15. Now, I want to read it in the Passion Translation because I love some of the wording, especially in these parables, on how it describes um, the expressions that a believer should have when someone either returns or the lost is found. It it shows us how the believer should respond to that, how the Christian should respond to that. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 15 and verse four. It says there once was a shepherd with a hundred lambs, but one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So it says, so the shepherd left the ninety nine lambs out in the open field and search in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. So the ones that were found were out in the open, but the one that was lost had wandered away out in the wilderness and the shepherd had to go search out that lamb. Then it says this. He didn't stop until he finally found it. Then it says with exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders, carrying it back with cheerful delight. Notice that it says with exuberant joy. He raised it up and placed it on his shoulders and then he carried it back with cheerful delight. So verse six. Now, now let's go to verse six. Returning home, he called all his friends and neighbors together and said, let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. Now, let's slow down and read that again. In verse six, it says returning home, returning home. Returning home, I believe in the name of Jesus that your family members that you have been praying for to just j- just for them to get saved or to rededicate their life to Christ and to come back home. I'm calling them in. They're coming home now in the name of Jesus and I'm in agreement with you. So in verse six, it says returning home. He called all his friends and neighbors together and said, let's have a party. See the see the first thing that was on his mind was we're going to celebrate. Now, let's get back to that scripture. It says, "Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home." Now, let's go to verse 7. Jesus continued, "In the same way, there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents." 
and comes back home. Now, did you <laughs> did you hear that? Now, I got my King James Bible right here in front of me as well. I, I'm I'm going to read that verse. Yeah, verse seven in the King James too. I'm turning there in my in my uh, copy of the King James. But let's read that one more time in the Passion. It says Jesus continued saying, "In the same way, there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents. One." When one sinner repents on planet Earth, now he, Jesus is talking about planet Earth. He said when one person down here on this planet repents, what does that mean? Changes their mind. When they change their mind and repent, heaven is having a, a literal glorious celebration in the physical inside of heaven. They are literally celebrating when one person, one person when that one lost sheep gets found, when that one lost sheep finds its way back home because of the shepherd's help. Now let's read Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter fifteen verse seven in the King James. It says, uh, uh, "And now, now remember, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus said, I say unto you that that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now, what that means is the ones who were already out in the field, out in the open, the ones the ones who were already found, already righteous, knowing they're righteous, the one who um, who's, who's, who's already saved, it's not saying the one that was lost is greater than the ones who are already found. It's just saying there is even more of a celebration going on even in heaven when the sinner repents praise god so now let's go back to the passion translation uh, uh, so we can finish that scripture in luke chapter 15 verse 7 in the passion translation it says jesus continued in the same way there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents comes back home and returns to the fold more so than for all the righteous people who never strayed away. So now what I want you to pay attention in that passage is what well, that parable is. He said the, that 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 shepherd said in verse six, let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. Now, that is the parable of the lost sheep, the lost lamb. Now let's go to the very next one and pay close attention so you can see this similarity. Now the next parable is the parable of the lost coin. It says Jesus gave them another parable. There once was a woman. Now, now this is Jesus speaking in the Passion Translation. Jesus gave them another parable. There once was a woman who who had taken valuable silver coins. When she lost one of them, she swept her entire house. You see that when she lost one coin, she swept her entire house. And then it says this diligently searching every corner of her house for that one lost coin. When she finally found it, she gathered all her friends and neighbors for a celebration. Notice it says it didn't say she she um, celebrated said praise God and put her hands back down no it says she it, it says she gathered all her friends so whoever her friends was this this woman could have had five friends or 40 friends it says in in my Bible it says she gathered all her friends so 
Imagine what that type of celebration looked like. It says when she finally found it, she gathered in verse nine. When she finally found it, she gathered all her friends and neighbors for a celebration, telling them, come and celebrate with me. I had lost my precious silver coin, but now I found it. Now, I know that may seem funny that that's like you in your house and you lose a quarter and you search your entire home for that one quarter. Imagine getting out the broom and you're sweeping things away because you're trying to make room so you can clean out and find that one quarter. You search every corner. You're sweating hours that went by and you're searching and searching and searching for that one quarter. Now, you and I today might not have such a celebration over that one quarter, that one physical coin that we're going to call all of our friends and all of our buddies from the church and from the neighborhood and have a barbecue because we and say what and, and people come over excited and say what are we celebrating and you say i found my quarter and they say what your first response is going to be what in the world <laughs> you found the quarter and that's why we're celebrating but listen don't overlook listen to me do not overlook the significance that this story carries the significance the moral of the story is what we're getting at here and we'll get to that in just a second and now she said this, come and celebrate with me. I had lost my precious silver coin, but now I found it. In verse 10, it says, that's the way God responds. Every time one lost sinner repents and turns to him, he says to all his angels, let's have a joyous celebration for that one who lost for that one who was lost, I have found. Notice that when Jesus is saying this, he's telling us the truth. Jesus is perfect and he cannot lie. God is perfect and he cannot lie. In verse 10, he said that's the way God responds every time one lost sinner repents and turns to him. God is doing this. So you mean to tell me every single day while we're on this planet called Earth, there is literally not one single day where God is having to call all angels. Do you know how many angels that is? He's saying all he calls all his angels to have a celebration because one person repented. One person changed their mind. One person received Jesus into their heart as their personal Lord and Savior hereafter forever. So you mean to tell me every single day that it, every person will live on this entire planet until it's until we all go home to be with our father, that there is a magnificent celebration going on and God calls for every listen every angel the answer is yes <laughs> so do you see how big these parables are you see how big these stories actually are now let's go to um, Luke chapter 15 the same verse verse 10 over now to the King James it says likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God you see, but did you hear that joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner 
one sinner that repents. Now, this is happening every day. Every day, somebody is getting saved. And every day, somebody is going home to be with the Lord. The Lord is rejoicing either way, right? So in verse 10, one more time in the Passion, that's the way. Now, Jesus is saying this. He said, Jesus said, now I agree with Jesus. He said, that's the way God responds every time one lost sinner repents. Get that? Now, let's now, but okay, well, what's the way God responds? Let's go back up a little bit. The scripture right before that. What 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 did the lady say who found the lost coin? Come and celebrate with me. Come and celebrate with me. God is saying, angels, come and celebrate with me. A sinner has repented. That's why. Now that's exactly why. Amen. So, in other words, do you see the similarities from the parable of the lost lamb and the parable of the lost coin? Now, let's go to the next one, one that we love, you know, a story that I'm sure you've heard uh, many times when you were young coming up. And some of you, this may be your first time ever hearing any of these parables and praise God that you're here listening. You may have been the one who haven't heard these parables before and you just repented. And now you're listening to these these type of uh, stories from Jesus for the first time. Praise God. Now, we're talking about the prodigal son. Now, let's read that uh, part of the chapter now. Thank you, Jesus. In, in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, it says, Then Jesus said, once there, was, once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land where he soon wasted all. It said he wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. Now, we all know that is not the way to spend, you know, to spend an inheritance or Definitely, you know, not, not, that's definitely not the way to spend a, a, a blessing, right? All right, now, so when you when now we go to that next now when we go to that next scripture in uh, verse fourteen, it says, "With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry." Why? Because he had wasted and blown his inheritance. He he just wasted and blew and just blown his money, and now he's hungry. For and then it says for. And also for there was a severe famine in that land. And when I heard that in that land, now this is now this is the preacher side of me because I and, and and I guess you could say the seer side of me, because I when I see the scripture, I see also things like this. It says with everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry for there was a severe. It, now, this is how now this is how the passion translation puts it. Before I get to that, I'm going to. Uh, Make this clear. This is not my personal opinion. This is what it says in Luke chapter 15, verse 14 in the Passion Translation. It says, with everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry for there was a severe famine in that land. Now, they, now we know that, 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 that that's talking about the, the geographical region, but. I also see it like this. 
With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry for there was a for there was a severe famine in that land. What land? In the land of extravagant and reckless living. <laughs> not 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 now there's nothing wrong with um being extravagantly blessed. I'm not saying that, but if you use your extravagant blessing for sin, then you'll find that land. What land? The land the it will lead you to the land of severe famine. Now, verse 15. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. Watch this. It says in verse 15. So he begged a farmer in a, a, a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished. Now, remember, this is the younger son. It says the son was so famished. He was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Verse 17, humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and thought, there are many workers at my father's house and they all have the food they, they all have the food they want and plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger and feeding these pigs and eating their slop? And then in verse 18, it says this. I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, father, I was wrong. Now, let's back up before we continue. Now, in verse 18, what are you seeing at the beginning of verse 18? The repentance started when he first said within himself, I want to go back to my father's house. That that is the initial stage of repentance you believe it with your heart and then you say it with your mouth he said i want to go back home to my father's house now the now in this scripture now let's keep reading i want to go back home to my father's house and i'll say to him father i was wrong i have sinned against you i'll never be worthy to be called your son Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. He realized in the man in the name of Jesus. Do you see this? He's, he he realized where he was in the slot with the pigs and being humiliated, and he wasted all of the inheritance, and now he's in an uncomfortable place of well, a very highly uncomfortable place. He's think about that. He's eat, he's he's down on the ground with the pigs eating what they eat eating the gross slop that they eat. That's what he was eating. And you know, sometimes it takes that for some people to eat the slop, to get to such a place where they wasted what they've been given and they get to a place where they have to just eat the slop in order for them to realize I need to change my mind. What does that mean? I need to repent and go back to where I belong. I need to, in other words, go back to Jesus. I need to get my life back on the right track. And you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you because we have his help. Amen. So. Verse 20. So the young son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. 
and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning uh, home. Now, before I even um, continue, I want you to see the response of that father. It says, so the young son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. Now watch this. When even when the the, the father saw him coming from a long way. It says great compassion swelled up in his heart, not great doubt or I wonder what he wants now. I wonder what he's now. I've, I wonder what it, uh, what did he do now? No. And I'm sure with him being a father, he, he, he probably had a time of discernment and of knowing that his son was out there doing God knows what. Because God knew what he was doing, right? But instantly, when the father saw him from a distance, he saw him. He saw him. He saw him coming back. And immediately, it says great compassion swelled up in his heart. How much more do you think great compassion swells up in Father God's actual heart? In his spirit, it's it's compassion swells up in his entire being. When one sinner repents, when one person comes back, when one person says, Father, forgive me. You may not know where to start or you may not know what all to say, but you but it but the perfect place to start is Father Forgive me. Notice you're knowing your place. You recognize him as father. He is your father. You are not fatherless. And, and, and when you repent. When you make the decision in your heart, you know. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. At that very moment, not moments later, but at that very, at that very, that very moment, great compassion swells up in God into his, in his entire being. That's the father we serve. That's the father that we have in him. That's the actual father that we have in him. Verse 20, it says, so the young son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him coming dressed as a beggar and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. See, when he sees you, he's seeing when, when, when God sees you, he's saying, that's my daughter. He's seeing his daughter return home. In what family? In the royal family. Now we'll talk about that on another episode, on another message, but you're in the royal family. You're in the family. You are his daughter. You are his son. When he sees you, he sees that's my son. When he sees you, he sees that's my daughter. So that's why when you repent, 
and you change your mind and you make that decision to return to the father. He immediately is again swelled up with great compassion from the inside out. Because he loves you. And then it says this in that same scripture. When we, you see here, we are still on verse 20. It says in, in that same in verse 20, it says then. So then the father raced out to meet him. God can't wait till you come back. He doesn't want to be separate from you. That's why. That's why Jesus died for us. That's why Jesus gave his life for us. The blood of Jesus that was shed. When you read those scriptures, you find out in the New Testament, when that happened, our relationship and our friendship was being literally restored and reconnected to our father. It says, so the father in verse 20, so the father raced out to meet him. He, and then it says this, he swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. Mm. Do you hear this? Do you hear this? Let's go to verse 21. Then the son said, look, father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And then after that, there's a hyphen. Well, there's a double hyphen. Amen. Why? It says because next it says the father interrupted and said, son, you are home now. Now, that's exactly why. That's exactly why the father interrupted the son. Why? Because the father already knows your mess. Now, it's okay if you if, if you can go to him in private and you want to get it off your chest and say, Father, I messed up. Father, I made the wrong choices. Father, I've wasted my inheritance. Father, I messed up. His, he'll stop you and say, I know. But you are home now. You've returned to me. You've given your life to me. Let's focus on that. That's what my father God is saying. He said, I know what you've done, daughter. I know what you've done, son. But you know what? And he's saying in my house. Is where repentance is welcomed. In my house is where repentance is embraced. In my house. Is where repentance Is celebrated. That's the father we serve. I said that's the father we serve. That's the father that I have. That's the father that you have. That's the father that we have. See he he's he's not waiting for us to mess up. He's not. He's not waiting for us to mess it up and to just condemn us next. No, he's he's cheering us on, looking forward to you returning. 
He's looking forward to us using the word of God and receiving his love. He's looking forward to us releasing our faith. How is faith released with our words? It says by his grace, by his grace are you saved through faith. You couldn't get saved without using your faith. Why? Because you had to believe it. It wasn't nothing you done. You had to believe it with your heart and then say it with your mouth. And then that is what caused it to be done. I want that to just sit, just sit there and just think on that for, <laughs> you got to chew on that for a minute. See, we have to chew on this. This is good. Woo, this is rich. And what story are we on? The prodigal son. <laughs> Glory to God. Mm. Now, let's pick up where we left off. This is powerful. Thank God for his word. Mm. For you've been, there's someone listening. You've been praying for your daughter to return. For your son to return. You've been in, 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 okay. I uh, thank you, Jesus. I heard that. You said, I know about, I know quite well about releasing my faith with words. And I've been doing that. Well, I'm here to tell you rest. If you've done that rest, if you have forgave all that's ever wronged you, then rest. Rest in what? Rest in God's faithfulness. Have enough faith in God's integrity to act as if what he says is true. You must know that you know that you know that God can't lie. That is an enabler. It enables us to be able to enter into the rest. So therefore, we're not worried about that son. We're not worried about that daughter. Why? Because we have faith in God. We trust God. We're not looking for signs to get us encouraged. We look to the word to get us encouraged. If his word says it, I'm encouraged. So no matter what I see, that doesn't move me. Why? Because his word settles it, whether I believe it or not. His word doesn't change. So therefore, I can't change if I stay on what the word says. So regardless of what I see, if it looks like they're repenting or not, if they're changing their mind or not, I'm not moved. I'm sticking to what he said, regardless of what they say. I'm sticking to what Jesus said, regardless of how they feel. I'm sticking to what Jesus says, regardless of what they try to plan against me. No weapon formed against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. So you tell Satan, take that. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Amen. 
Now watch this. In verse 21, it says, Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your to be called your son. Just let me be. And then it says the father interrupted and said, son, you are home now. See, the father knows where we should, where our focus should be. He's showing us by example. Jesus is showing us right here in this parable. This is the, this is the example. Hello. Listen, listen, listen close. Look over here. If my attention is on the fact that you came home, then where should your attention be when the sinner repents? Your attention should not be on the mess they did. You're in the decision they made. Your attention should be on they came back home. In other words, they returned to the father. In other words, they made the choice to do things right by God. Honoring God, honoring your spouse, honoring your mother, honoring your father, Honoring the church, honoring your your leaders and your teachers and your guiders, your mentors. He said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. That's what he said in the New Testament. He said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. You want to see God honor you? Start, start honoring your leaders. Start honoring your teachers. Start honoring your spouse. Find, you know, get creative. Say, Lord, show me Creative fun ways I can honor. Give honor. Show me creative fun ways, Lord, I can give honor. And he'll do it. It says in John 14, verse 26, that the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. The Holy Spirit will give you some creative tips on how to give honor. Have you? The question is, is have you asked the Holy Spirit? If then if you haven't, don't be condemned. Stop that. Don't be condemned. Then just start right now. Say, Holy Spirit. Say it after me right now. Say, Holy Spirit. Give me creative ways that I can show honor. Amen. There you go. All right. Now, in, in, in verse 22, it says, turning to his servants. Now, we're talking about now. <laughs> see, we're still on the prodigal son. And his father and what happened. Now, remember, I said there's three similarities on all three parables. Just wait till you see these similarities even even more clear. If you haven't caught on yet, praise God. Yet you will. Verse 22, turning to his servants, the father said, now we're in Luke chapter 15. Now at verse 22 in the Passion Translation. Turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes. Bring out the best shoes you can find from my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. Yeah, a great feast. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate for this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Do you do, do you see the, the, the similarities in all three parables now? <laughs> when the lost get found, what does that cause for celebration and not condemnation? 
And that leads us right into it right here. How many times have we seen Christians who should know this? And some do, yet we don't do it every time the sinner repents. We, you see that person walk back in the church. And how many times have Christians overlooked their shoulders and see them and say, mm, well, I wonder how long it's going to last this time. Oh, well, I give them two weeks and they'll be back out there in the streets doing the same mess they were doing before they came back in here. Or how many Christians have had response like this? You may not have said it out loud, but you may have thought it inwardly. And I know many of us have been guilty of that at least once in our entire life from a, from just a knee jerk response. Yet that doesn't make it OK, because that is not a characteristic of a Christian. Of a believer in Jesus. Because if we're close to him. We learn of him. And then we see how he is trying to show us. Over and over and over. How can I say over and over and over three times. There's three parables in a row. That Jesus is using different examples. To different types of stories. To show us over and over and over. Hello. When they repent. Celebrate. When they return. Celebrate. When they change their mind, celebrate. I don't care if you know what they did and the mistakes they made. When they repent, celebrate it. Show them what Jesus is really like. If you say Jesus is in you, then you will rejoice when the sinner repents. You will rejoice when the lost gets found. Amen. That's the similarities of all three parables. Thank you for tuning in to this message. And I want to get to the most important part. What is that you may ask? The most important part of this message, the most important decision that you could possibly make in your entire life is to give your life to Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means, you know, before we do that, we are on the road to hell without Jesus being in our heart as our as our lord and savior and how to get off the pathway to hell of going from hell to heaven on planet earth is to give your life to jesus christ so if i'm on a pathway to heaven and i know that i know that i know that i know that i know in my entire being that when i die i'm going to live with jesus forever whether it may be the rapture or by the way of the grave, we have nothing to be afraid of. We know that we know that we're going to heaven is because we made Jesus our Lord and Savior. And it's easy. You know, Jesus already did the hard part. He took the beating for you and me so we can have our relationship restored with the Father. Have our friendship restored with Father God. And all we have to do is believe it with our heart and say it with our mouth and we will be saved. Just like it says in Romans 10. And all you have to do is believe it with your heart. If you know that this is for me, that, hey, if I was to die right now, I'm not sure where I'm going for eternity. Now is the time to make the choice. Make Jesus your Lord. Repeat after me and say it like this. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent your son to die for me and he rose again so I could be saved. 
Jesus, I ask you right now, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior forever. In Jesus, take my life and do something wonderful with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. See, it was that easy. All we have to do is believe it with our heart and say it with our mouth. Now, what do you do now? You just got saved. What's next? You find a Bible believing, Bible teaching church. How do you know if what the pastor is saying is true? You have to get in the Bible and you have to search it out for yourself. You always go back to the word and let the word be the measure. Let the word be the standard. And you go to that Bible and you ask for the Lord to help you while you're reading it. You, you, you talk to the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, teach me this teach me and he surely will so get in that word get in a bible believing and bible teaching church and if that was your first time saying that prayer and you just got saved then we we want to hear from you go to our website at terryminerjr.com send us an email go to the contact page and send us a message and let us know that you prayed the prayer of salvation with me and we will be in touch and we will send you material and, 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 and also what to do next material. Remember that Jesus is Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. I hope you subscribe so you will know when our next message will be uploaded. Romans 10, 17 says, so that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You just listen to the word. Faith has came and increased. And I believe you are ready to release your faith. Contact us with your testimonies and prayer requests. And always remember that anything is possible if a person believes.